Welcome to our songwriting, composing Q&A panel. I will also add to that that everyone set on this stage is a worship leader as well. So feel free to chuck in those questions Ooh, too. Yes. <laughs> um, to, st <laughs> to, start, to start off, I thought um, uh, we're largely going to just open the floor and take Q&A from anyone. Um, is there anyone on the lounge team that can be a runner with a mic? With re <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, cat. Yeah. Um, okay. What what we've done over the week is we've had a few sessions where we sort of discussed things um, with with people and then opened up to Q and A. This one, I'm gonna, we're going to do a brief introduction and then we're going to go full on ask whatever you want related to our <laughs> our specialist fields. Yeah. Um, so, so to start with, um, hello, my name's David. Um, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Bath, and I'm currently doing a PhD in composition. Uh, at the end of that seven-year journey, at which I am at the start, I will be a doctor. I just won't be able to save your life, but I'll be able to tell you cool music. <laughs> um, I also, um, I've, I've led worship, I've written a lot of worship songs, a lot of non-worship songs, um, and yeah, I'm sort of a little bit of everything. Um, uh, next along the line, we have Phil Yates. Phil. Thanks, girls. Why don't you tell us a bit about you? Thank you. Hi, my name is Phil. I am actually an Essex girl, born and bred. Um, but 12 years ago, God called my family and I to move up to Sutton Coalfield in Birmingham to plant Real Life Church, which personally I think is the best church in the world. Oh! Yes, see. <laughs> I agree. Respectfully disagree. Um, <laughs> I am a wife and a mummy. I also, in fact, one of my kids is here, but I'm not going to point her out because she'll be very, very embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> I know she loves it. Brilliant. Um, I run my own business where I basically make things out of chunks of reclaimed wood, a bit like these bits of wood, and I make signs and things for people's homes. I also work for our church two days a week. That is very, very new. I am a worship leader. I have dabbled with writing songs on and off for quite a while now. I've always loved music, always loved Jesus. So to be honest, worship has been in me from day dot. And I think that's me. That's brilliant. I would add to that that um, when Phil says she's dabbled in writing songs, she is the person I would take my songs to to check to see if they were any good. So I'm right brilliant. here. Okay. <laughs> um, next up, the wonderful Jess Debenham, who did a gig, um, led some worship here on Wednesday. Yeah. So surprise, I'm Jess. Um, and I'm from Brighton. I am a singer-songwriter. I'm also an actor. And then I do a nine-to-five job to help pay the bills. Um, and I started songwriting, well, since I was young, but people heard them when I was in high school. And then from then, I've just enjoyed growing in it and co-writing and all the joys of that. Yeah, it's me. And last on the stage is um, the wonderful Ed Axtell. Um, you may have heard him here on Tuesday evening, yeah. playing his wonderful, wonderful music. And they gave me a microphone again, so enjoy. Yeah, so I'm Ed. 
Um, I am from, well, Life Church Bath is kind of like where I'm home now. Yeah, Phil. Um, so I'm the youth worship coordinator. Uh, I am a worship leader. Been doing that since I was like 14. So I've been doing that for nearly 10 years. No. Wow. Realize uh, I am, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm a singer songwriter. I've been playing guitar for 18 years now, which is also shocking. Um, yeah, I'm a musician. I teach guitar. I play guitar. Um, that's, that's me? That is me, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Nailed it. Thank you. I don't, um, I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay, we're going to just open up to questions. Cat um, will give you a mic, ask your question. I'll then repeat your question so that it's definitely um, picked up on the tape and uh, recorded in place and everything. Um, and then, yeah, we'll... We'll go from there. Who would like to ask our first question? Yeah. Straight up. That is confidence. Will you go cat? <laughs> One, two, testing. Okay, there we go. Um, hello, my name is Ian, hey, hey. and I'm going to be asking you a question. So uh, if this is directed to all of you. Uh, you said you were good at guitar. I said, well, I said I played it for a long time. I never said I was good at it. I just said I played it for a horrifically long time. Well done. Either way, if you need a drummer, how do I join? <laughs> wow. So, so how? I, I will, I will um, expand this question out as well. So, cool. so the question was, if you need a drummer, how do I join? Mm. But, but building on that, when you are... When you're putting together a band um, for a gig or for worship or something like that, how, how do you go about building people around you to put into that? Cool. So, like, if people want to play or, or are interested in stuff, a lot of the time that stuff's done through, like, Insta, like, DMing me, um, or just if they see me and, like, their friends or whatever, just chat, right? There's no, like, email or form you've got to go through. It's just chatting with people and connecting with those things. Um, so that's, that's pretty much how most of my interactions with those things go about. Uh, and then you were talking about what am I looking for. Yeah. Cool. The biggest thing I'm looking for is reliability. Um, I often find I, I have, and I do have, some incredibly fantastic musical friends. However, um, I often don't use a lot of them because they're not the most reliable. Um, one of the, the first things my, I was taught uh, when I went to uni was you can be the best guitarist in the world, right? But if you don't turn up in time, no one's going to book you for gigs. So, like, I would say, if you, if you want to be a musician or a songwriter, right, and that's the thing you're shooting for, yes, look after your craft, like, practice it, but be good at your time management. So be reliable, be dependable, and be really clear with your communication because those are the people that I book again. I book the people that turn up on time, turn up prepared, and are good at communicating if they need stuff or if something's going on. So those are my like three things. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, you've had experience building a worship team from scratch when planting a church. Like how how did you go about that? How did you find people to to build into that? Um, I would echo everything Ed had said in terms of character that way, so the reliability thing and also the working on your craft. But when it's specific to a worship team, for me, the highest possible thing that you need to consider is that you have got to be totally in love with Jesus and you have got to be 
totally sold out for his church, for his kingdom, for, for his worship, for his name being glorified. And you can have, and we have seen amazing musicians, but if they don't love Jesus, it doesn't matter how well they can play that guitar or sing, they're not going to come into our worship band. We want people who love Jesus above all, because when you stand up on a stage and you declare his name, you are standing for him and you are standing as part of his kingdom. So that is most important to me and always will be. Brilliant. Where's our next question? Yeah. Okay, so hi, I'm a songwriter myself. And I was just wondering, what I find hard is, well, annoying really, is I write a song, and then I hear another song that sounds so much like it, I feel like I can't say it's mine anymore. So how would you deal with that? Or if you're writing a song, how would you make sure it doesn't happen? So is that, um, so you, You've written a song, and then you find something that's really similar. Yeah. And, and how do you avoid that sort of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do we call that the Ed Sheeran effect? Is that what we call that? No? Ooh. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to start by saying that's, that's surprisingly common. <laughs> so if you, um, if you look across the industry, um, Lily Allen wrote a song where they wrote it in a closed room... She left the room, put on the radio, and realized that she had stolen the entire chorus from Take That. Mm. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, annoyingly, which one that was. But yeah, she, so it, it happens to, to the best out there. Um, what, what do you do? Some, so some people I know, start when they have something that they've found, and they're like, oh, that's something else. Just sort of like keep slowly reworking it until it's not <laughs> and keep keep re tweaking it slightly and slightly and then eventually you've got something that's different enough that it's its own thing um Jess have you I mean you you are friends with a lot of people who are releasing loads of stuff yeah yeah um so yeah I actually had that happened quite recently. I wrote a song and I was really enjoying the chorus and then I realised that it was already existing. And it's such a going me like, oh, but, oh, man. Um, and that comes a lot from input is what you output. So I, I would probably recommend just, like, what you're listening to, um, just have a look at that. And if you're wanting to try something new, maybe explore what you're listening to so that then the sounds that you're creating will, will be different. Because I'd been listening to this song very regularly that I then wrote a very similar, the same melody to. I'd also say community. If you find other songwriters, this is a really great thing to like collab and be like, hey, um, what could you input? Because I also find that sometimes I, I, my songs can sound really um, similar to each other um, but then if I go to a, a team then we come and like it's just it's just so much more fun um, and I would also yeah like just repeat what David said just like leave it for a bit and then come back to it and see how you can tweak it to make it just that bit different but it's very normal um, and keep up the songwriting and there is also sometimes that painful thing where you just have to chuck it out yeah. and do another one. And it really hurts because you get so attached to your songs. It's like throwing away one of your babies. But yeah, sometimes you just got to do it. 
can I ask? Let's go. I'm going to ask you a question now. Here we go. Ooh, yeah. No, you're. I'm going to. It's Q and A, but you're the panel. Um, is is this a, are you set, writing these songs just purely for the joy of writing these songs, or are you writing these songs with an intention of potentially releasing some? Yeah, releasing. Cool. So, if you've got songs that sound the same, I, I might be slightly controversial and go, I think that's fine, right? I think that's really cool. If you, if, you, if you write a song and it's like, oh, I've, oh, that chorus is like so similar to something that's like someone big's release. It's like, it's cool. You've made something. That's like me going, oh, I've painted a picture. I use the color red. I can't use it because other people have used red. Like, it's okay. You may, not be, you may not be something you want to release, but you made something and I think that's really cool. So I think... Yes, definitely. I think these guys have brought some fantastic things. Sometimes you do just have to chuck something out or just get other people involved to help you change it. Um, but don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's a big deal in my mind. I don't think, if you make, I've made stuff that sounds really similar and I've just gone, I'm probably not going to release it, but that, that chord sheet or those lyrics, I'm just going to keep them saved away because I made it and, and it's my art even if it's got fragments of other people's art already in it. It's a collage. Yeah. As a, as a general rule, if you're not profiting from it, it's not a huge deal. Um, <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a difference, I guess, there's a difference between vibe and, like, I've taken the melody or that's someone's lyrics. Like, we've all, I'm sure, written um, songs that sound... Like other songs. I mean, me and Phil used to have a running joke. Like, I wrote a piece that sounded like Teenage Dirtbag so much that we put the Teenage Dirtbag riff in the middle of it. It worked really well. It did, yeah. uh, (laughs) Sold it, made millions. Um, But yeah, if it just sort of sounds similar, that's fine. And it's if you've taken anything that's like, (laughs) it's a problem. Who's next? I'm a composer that myself that has experimented with musical concepts like like quite odd time signatures that aren't 4-4 four, four and 3-4. And I was just wondering, have you experimented with them, for example, like 5-4 and 7-4? Because I think if they're done well enough, like they can sound quite good. David? Okay, so... So my current research is taking ideas from visual art and putting them into like contemporary classical music so i i started that journey um experimenting with what are called extended techniques so they're techniques that are an extension of the standard techniques on an instrument um i wrote a piece for a beatboxing flute um and things like that and like hitting guitars as well as playing notes and, and things like that. Um, that. That has, over the years, developed. Um, most of my music these days doesn't have any notes on it. It's all text. <laughs> and it's a list of instructions on how to make the piece. Um, so I'm like, yeah, experiment with it. Um, I can think of, like, Money by Pink Floyd is in seven and it's brilliant. Um, and there's 
Um, I'm trying to think of a song in five, but the only one that's coming to mind is Take Five um, or Unsquare Dance. Um, but, but yeah, they're um, definitely 100%. It can be a bit... Um, the, only, the only thing alongside that is that you have to think about what its purpose is. So if you're trying to write a congregational worship song, it might not be the place to expand out too much because you're trying to write something that people engage with easily and the easiest way to do that is to is to use the tropes of popular music which they listen to all the time but if you're making art and you're trying to make people think and or or trying to just do something that's enjoyable then then yeah push those boundaries like i don't think i don't think anything is too wacky for music <laughs> um, do any of you want to want to come in on that at all or I, have I, I covered I, it I, I can't <laughs> honestly I can't <laughs> okay um, I have two questions if that's okay yeah. Ooh, maybe um, <laughs> so the first one is um, do you have any tips for like starting writing a song yeah. like just in general yeah so any tips for starting songwriting I, I'm, I'm speaking worship songs. Is it here. like a specific song? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so if I'm, I'm coming at it from just writing worship songs specifically for me at the moment, I would say find your places, the places that where you you notice you get inspired a lot. So you'll find that actually sometimes a lyric pops into your head or a melody does, and over time you'll go, oh, hold on, all of those popped into my head when I was out walking in the park or when I was doing this or doing that. For me, weirdly, it's actually the shower. I've written quite a lot of songs in the shower. Um, so find your places and then also notice what inspires you. So again, for me, in the context of worship, I get really inspired by... Um, preaches prophetic words and praying that other people do and suddenly when someone's preaching or they're prophesying or they're praying a line jumps out and I suddenly go oh and I've learned to realize that that line jumping out is God saying to me right take that go away and write something from it so that's my starting point personally are you so I'm guessing well this is like have you written much before or are you just like interested in it but not quite sure where to start uh, no not really because as a band me and my friend are like, there's more of us in the band, but it's mainly just us two that are trying to start cool. writing songs. So Sweet. So my, where I started, I found, like, I, I really struggled when I very first started to get any lyrics out. So what, I think I said this on Tuesday, I remember I sat down at this, like, group I was going to, and they just gave us a bunch of newspapers, and they were like, just cut some phrases out. And, like, that took a lot of the pressure off of me trying to like craft phrases and put them together. I was like, oh, I just get some words and ideas and things like that. So that's where I start. You go buy like a cheap newspaper for like, well, I don't know how much a newspaper is. Um, but <laughs> go, yeah, the newspaper still. I'm sure they are. But it's you about just two pounds I, now. <laughs> I remember when the I was 20p. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like that's what I did. I grabbed a newspaper and a pair of scissors and I cut things up and I threw them around on my table and just like reordered things. None of them exist, but that's, that's where I started. And if like, I think that pressure, of the first thing you, the first song you write, I think we might all, all agree was probably maybe quite, sh or for me it was shocking. Like, it's like the first pancake. Yes, oh, it's always a throwaway. Like never expect the first pancake, the first song to be like, I am Adele now. It's like you write and you go, Oh my word, what have I produced? This is horrific. Throw it in a chair and then just forget about it. But it's a start. 
So just have fun with it. It might look pretty rubbish, but it's a song. So I, that's my like, practical advice for that. Um, I think co-writing is really fun as well. So um, if I'm writing with other people, how I'd start, we would decide on maybe like a theme. Sometimes we get like a big bit of paper and we just like write words that we um, associate with that. Um, sometimes you just sit down at the instrument and see if anything comes. You can just kind of play around and then you might find that like, oh, actually, we, we find it really easy when, like, to come up with stuff or more easy when we're at the piano or when we're brainstorming. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really fun. And just bouncing ideas off each other. I would recommend just writing and not like judging what you're writing. Um, it's really important, especially when you're starting writing a song. Don't edit it. Don't worry about what it's going to be like at the end. Just, just get it out. Just go for it. Because then that just encourages even more creativity. Yeah, there's, there's nothing scarier than a blank page and, and just shoving stuff out there. And I think Ed's, Ed used the phrase the other day, throwing spaghetti at the wall and oh, seeing yeah. what sticks. And that's, that's really good. I'd also just say, my first port of call when I'm writing music um, is, because I'm often writing about a person or about a place, it's, God, what are you doing here? Like, what is it that you want to bring out in this that I can, I can tap into? And... You know, it's a bit of a, I guess it's a bit of a cheat as a, as a writer using God as your, your no, like, not, no, that's to, not a cheat. to start it off. But hey, I we, we have the agree. access. So. <laughs> I think that's really important, especially if you're writing worship songs that might get used in your church, or even if you're just going to whack them out there online for people to hear. If you're writing out of the prophetic and out of what God is doing specifically at that time, there is an added power on your song that is going to speak to people and engage them and meet them where they're at in a way that it wouldn't do if you just sat down with something that was a bit drier. So no, I, I completely agree yeah. with that. And you had a second one. Yeah. Um, have you ever... Um, been writing a song with someone and like disagreed with them and if so how have you resolved that disagreement have you ever been writing with someone and you've had a disagreement over the song and how did you resolve that disagreement 100% yes sorry did I interrupt yeah no I was just going to no? say communication oh I, I yeah yeah no I, I did I had to do six months in a band funny enough I, I say I'm a solo singer songwriter so you can imagine what happened to that <laughs> band um but I we didn't agree on a lot of things and there was falling out and there was like all that and we ended up just not talking about that going away for a bit of a break and then coming back and going great we need to chat about this song so yeah as you said it's, commu it's communication it's just if you're if you're getting really cross with that person at that point in time you're like I cannot stand your face right now like that, that's, that's not how you want to engage with someone, especially when you're doing something as vulnerable as like writing a song. So I would, if you're in that space, just go, I'm just getting frustrated. Take five, take ten. That could be minutes, hours, days, or weeks, right? Take time until you can look at that person again and love them and chat about it. Yeah. Yeah, um, just expanding on that. Um, there will be times where you want different things and that's okay so it's learning how best to communicate and also just letting it sit for a bit and dying to your wants and um serving the bigger picture of the song um coming away from it can be really helpful like ed was saying and just living with their idea and your idea um 
and praying about it. Praying is always good. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of humility, but it, it, it's really good. And it will get easier to communicate and go through those kind of disagreements. Yeah, I, I, you said song co-writing you really enjoy. I have found it really painful. It's been quite a painful process to co-write because actually when you have a song, it, again, it's a little bit like your baby. Like you just think, I'm so proud of it or I love it or I just feel really, really deeply and quite raw about it. And then someone goes, don't like that bit, don't like that bit, change that, change that. And you're like, ah, no, what are you saying about my song? Um, so actually learning to co-write with someone, I found is learning to hold your song a little bit lighter, a little bit more loosely, a little bit more open-handed. And to be honest, that just comes with practice and maturity and just doing it a bit more because it is painful at the start, but it is so worth it because obviously you get more people's experience into your song. It becomes richer and not just about you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've found my best collaborative experiences have been with people I trust a lot because, yeah. because it is a very vulnerable process, particularly when you're in the stage of still creating something. To, to take it to someone and be like, this is, this is something that I'm holding really close to me. You like it? <laughs> and, and, and the whole point of that is that part of the response will be, this bit could be better. And, and that is, is quite a painful thing to do. So yeah, find people you trust to, to have that conversation with. Yeah, and invest in the relationships that you're writing with outside of creating so that then you have that foundation of we know each other, I trust you, um, I know that you love me and want the best for me and vice versa. Yeah. Okay, where are we next? Uh, hello? Oh, hello. Okay. Right. So, like, I'm, like, kind of a composer and, like, a producer like myself, right? Like, I started doing gadgetry with like a friend and stuff and I was wondering like how do you sort of go about when you like release music or like what platforms do you recommend for releasing music and how do you go about it basically so how do you release music and what sort of things do you recommend like what platforms and stuff so releasing wise so there's two really easy ones you can go for that don't require anything crazy so you can do YouTube um, and like what SoundCloud and then even like social media platforms that like you can put up on like Insta Reels or video, TikTok, Facebook, that that way you don't need to do anything, have an account. If you're talking about like actual streaming platforms, so like Spotify, stuff like that, um, you have to go through something called a distributor. Um, <clears throat> and those dis there's a bunch of different distributors and you either pay uh, a monthly fee, so like a subscription or like an annual fee, so I pay 20 quid a year and I get to upload as much music as I want um, and that's why I pay, but you, to go on those platforms you have to go through a distributor um, and yeah, I think that, that, is that pretty, I feel like I've just answered the question really bluntly, there's got to be more to it surely there's, yeah, if you want to go on those platforms you've got to go through something called a distributor, so you just search in Google Bing Jeeves is that still alive? Is Jeeves still a crippled old man that just walks around with a trip? Yeah, I Please. Think, I think Jeeves retired. Je Jeeves is dead. Um, anyway, so yeah, just search music distribution and there'll be a bunch of like, online services that do that for you. The, uh, the only thing I'd add to that from a, a classical music angle <laughs> is that um, I've got some friends who, um, who have released 
sheet music and things like that so that it can be bought. Um, but I've also got a lot of people who are currently releasing music and it is intentionally free. So if you're or like I've just written a series of pieces whilst I've been here, which have been specifically designed to be, there's only like, there's 10 copies of it in the world. Those copies are handwritten and will be given to people and they can do what they want with it. And that's the release of the music. Have you just made NFTs at New Day? Um, yes, but they're better for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> What's an NFT? So glad you asked that. So I was just looking. An back. NFT is like a, a piece of artwork or something, and it's you. You don't buy the artwork itself. You buy like the right to use that piece of artwork or song or whatever. And if anyone ever uses it, that, or like you, you can control what it is. So ba- I think the most famous one is there was a dude that released a bunch of pictures of gorillas on Twitter. And yeah, and people bought these go- the gorillas. Not the picture. They didn't buy the picture themselves. They bought the right to the picture, um, but forgot that there's something called print screen. So yeah. 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 It's a bit off topic, but generally, <laughs> NFTs. Not worth rubbish. the paper they're not printed on. <laughs> Who's next? Hi, guys. Um, so I suppose my question is around um, the co-writing collaborative collective part of songwriting. So apologies, because obviously you've just said that's, that can be a painful process. But, um, and and this, is pu- this is in reference to um, songwriting for congregational worship songs. Um, so... Um, again, more context. Um, at my church, we have lots of people that would say they're not musical, but they're really good at writing songs. They're really good at writing lyrics because they're quite poetic, creative. Um, have you experience in, in writing songs by adding a musical context to what other people have written? How does that work? Um, yeah, is, is it possible? So... So asking about the collaboration between a, a lyricist and a musician. Yes. Yeah. Co-writing is great. I love co-writing. I just want to put it out Good there. Good to hear. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm not terrified anymore. Just started out that way. Um, that's really fun. Uh, I have had experience. Um, uh, there was a lady in um, my church, and she'd, she writes poems and um, asked me to put it to music. And I just, it, it's interesting because you have to like work on the phrasing. You can't like make the melody, the melody fits around the lyrics. So it's like that way around. And usually because melody comes first for me, like that's a bit of a different process. Um, so it took loads of takes. Would you be in the same room as the lyricist? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> I just think, like, enjoy going back and forth, and and I don't, I, I don't know. I just like that's really. You fun. have such a different view on collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's good. She's bringing the joy. Oh, I know. <laughs> Someone's got to enjoy it. No. We actually did have this happen at our church. It was only one time, but it was quite cool. So there's a guy. He's not in our church now. He's moved to Sunnier Climes. Um, but he basically hears quite a lot from God. And he was on the train down to London one day for work. And he just felt like God literally download was his description. A whole ton of lyrics into his head. Oh, no, I think he said words. 
but he thinks they might be lyrics. So anyway, he gave me this page, well, I think it was two pages, and went, there you go, what can you do with that? And you know when you look at something and go, ah, I don't know. Um, but the content and you, was amazing, and you could clearly hear what God had said through it, but the structure of it in terms of turning it into a song was, was not really there. Um, so thankfully, because I didn't have to keep it exactly as it was, I was allowed to mess around with it, which was much easier. So I kept nearly, nearly everything he wrote and just chucked out a bit of stuff that I didn't think quite fitted. And then I also added a few lyrics in there um, and put the music to it. And then he came and listened to it and said, oh, I really like that. You really captured what I was thinking, but I maybe just tweaked that a little bit or that's not quite it. Um, and then we got it recorded and it actually ended up being sung by the live choir over in South Africa because he was based with that choir and he felt like the lyrics were to do with the choir um, and all of that and they recorded it and they put it on their online celebration I think it might have been a Christmas or something and, but anyway it was so beautiful to see and that actually was really fun so I think you can totally work together with lyricists and in fact I think you should because you will probably have as you say you have got lots of people in your church who are brilliant with lyrics but don't write songs. So then you don't want to hold ransom those amazing lyrics that people could access God through when actually you've got musicians who could come in on the back of it and make them into something everybody can access. So I think get right on it. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Little, little secret, Elton John doesn't write his own lyrics. What? Yeah, Elton John works with a lyricist. Oh, Tim Rice. Um, so someone, just, <laughs> someone writes lyrics and then he turns that into a song. So, so yeah, some of the best do it. And, and I, I don't think that's a negative on, on Elton John. I feel like that's, that's a wonderful thing. Yes. Hi, I was just wondering about how you keep the authenticity of a song then whilst using like reference tracks to build that at the same time. Ooh, keeping a song authentic whilst using reference tracks. While, while these guys appear to be thinking, I will... I will, on a slight tangent, I know that it is really difficult because, like, film composers often get a film with a ton of reference tracks and, and then often find that whatever they write, the director goes, yeah, but the bark I put in there was really good, wasn't it? <laughs> so it can be really difficult. I think I'm probably going to be thinking about this as I answer, but that's going to be okay. How do I keep the authenticity of something whilst using reference tracks? I think it comes from your mindset on the get-go of the project, right? If I find the moment that, like, taking it just out of worship and music for a second, the moment you're really aware of something, right? Like, let's say you're walking across and you're like, I must not fall in, I must not fall over, I must not fall over... I think a lot of the time you don't fall over because you're really focused on not falling over. So if you go into a situation and be like, I really want this to not be caught up or become exactly like all these reference tracks or whatever that I've got, I think often you'll find quite naturally it won't be because that's been in the back of your mind the whole time. Um, I think as well, just because something sounds a bit like a reference track doesn't mean it's not authentic. Um, you know, it could be really authentic. It's just your authenticity in that space might be similar to someone's authenticity that, that you've referenced to. And it's just, it's a similar space and it fits in a similar circle. And that's okay. Um, 
I don't think everything has to sound completely original. Like, it, I don't think it's possible for your song, or it's incredibly rare for your song to sound completely like nothing no one has ever heard before. I've just kicked my water over. Um, it's a sports cap fill. Relax. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my thing. I think as well, as long as, as long as you're bringing yourself to the table, it'll sound pretty authentic. Um, that would be my little spiely waffle on it. Yeah, Jess and Phil, I believe you've both worked with producers to do things in the past. Have either of you found like the back and forth with reference tracks and things has done anything like that? I think when you work with someone like that, it's really, really key just to get someone who gets you. Um, and it, that doesn't mean everything they then produce for you will be perfect or exactly what's in your head but sometimes they actually do something that challenges you a bit so going back to that song that we just spoke about with the lyrics when he first gave the the guy who produced it for us when he first gave us a bit of the backing tracky type stuff that he'd written I was like oh I don't know it's not what I heard in my head for that but actually in the grand scheme of the whole thing being finished with it all put together it was right for the song um but so it will sometimes be a bit tricky but if you find someone who gets you and just understands you I would say grab onto them with both hands and don't let go (laughs) That's a great one. Um, I was going to say before that, if you're enjoying it, then I think you'll be authentic because if, if you're losing the joy of creating the craft, then it, it, it can be just become a, got to do this. And then, and then there's nothing coming from it. Whereas if you're enjoying it, you're investing like yourself, as it were, into it. And so it, it will be authentic because you'll be behind it and you'll... Um, really believe in the song so I think knowing the heart behind the message of the bigger picture of the song as a whole is important um what do you want it to communicate and then all these other things can come under that can I agree to disagree (laughs) go on I I think authenticity doesn't always come hand in hand with enjoying it I think being authentic comes of being vulnerable and sometimes that is an incredibly painful and uncomfortable process. I agree, enjoying it is really important, but I don't think they are, what's the word where it's like? Um, synonyms. Syn- syn- synonyms. <laughs> that word. I don't think they're always that thing. I think it's good to enjoy something, but to be authentic in maybe a space that you're in or a space that you were in or will be in could mean it being uncomfortable being slightly painful and and I I don't enjoy being vulnerable I don't enjoy being painful like it's like I this is horrible I want to get out of this as fast as possible but sometimes I I have to embrace that space if I'm putting authenticity as a a priority in my character so I think Jess made a really good point I just I, wanted I to I agree with you there we go 100% yes <laughs> I thought we had real disagreement for a second, and now they're on the Did same you? page again. We're going to have a fight outside after this. That's basically what I was trying to say, but I said it completely wrong. No, I thought so you said it really you. well. I just, I just heard it. I was like, I am going to throw something else in. Yeah, it's great. Do it. Yeah. Who's next? Is anyone next? Oh, cool. Um, can you have a band with some really 
uh, random instruments. So, for example, um, in our in our youth group, we've got some singers, a drummer, someone who plays the trombone, someone who plays the viola, um, but it's a bit random. So, can you still have a band with those kind of random odd instruments? Can you have a band with non-traditional instruments in it and weird instruments in it? Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, even though it doesn't fit the standard pop layout of drum, bass, guitars, and a vocalist, and maybe a keyboard, if it doesn't fit that vibe, that's cool. But a band is, by definition, a group of musicians coming together to make music. There you go. You're a band. Maybe It may be a non-traditional or stereotypical band, it's a band. Embrace the weirdness. Don't, don't look at what you haven't got. Look at what you've got. I think that sounds like you could get some really funky sounds and yeah. like parts out of it. Like, have fun with it. That sounds really... I want to hear that. Like, please, like, hit me up if you ever make anything. I want to hear what you produce with those parts. Well, yeah. I'm slightly scared because that's my youth group. So can you... Yeah, please. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm allowed to say on stage I said the right thing. No. But I, I will, do really want to hear that. I will say that, that the, um, it's worth noting that if you're using non-traditional instruments, you might find it more difficult just because you don't have things to base it on. You can't be like, oh, these 200 bands have all done this before me because actually you, you might find one, two, you might find no one's done it before you, but that's part of the fun of it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm... Be listening. The, the stuff I'm researching at the moment, I'm struggling because no one has done it yet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm wandering around looking for other people talking about it. And the closest I can find is this person's talked about something that sort of relates, but they don't care. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's the fun of it. It's, yeah, do weird things. It'll push your creativity for sure. Yeah. Which is fun. So I do a little worship band perspective yeah. here. Yeah, um, Phil will help you. I think you can put any instrument into a worship context, absolutely. I do think there are some instruments that are trickier to blend in with others, so it will make the life of your worship leader uh, a little trickier. <laughs> when, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Um, but in all seriousness, if you are going to be a solo instrumentalist, like a clarinet, a flute, a violin, a trombone, I think it's one of the most servant-hearted roles in a worship band because you will not play more than you play because at the end of the day, every instrument in a worship to, in a band is there to make the overall sound better, to create a prophetic, worshipy environment that in, helps people encounter Jesus. So, therefore, you want to do the best thing you can by your instrument to play your part in that band. When it's a solo instrument, if you play all the time, you lose the impact of how amazing that instrument can sound. Yeah. So a couple of churches ago, we had a violinist who, my gosh, she was amazing. Absolutely stunning violinist. And the first time she played, it kind of lifted the atmosphere and it took your breath away. And then she played all the time over every song and suddenly it lost the impact that it would have had had she sat back and then put a bit in and then sat back and put a bit in so if it is a solo instrument absolutely no reason why it can't be in there but it's a very servant-hearted role in the worship context that's really good yeah and, and definitely like can, if, you're, if you're in a place where you've got something and you're like I feel like this could have a really creative output but I'm not sure where like 
do touch base with like your worship leaders, your the musicians around you that you respect, and if they're sat on this stage, even better. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a go. Don't be poor. Yeah. Give it a go. Who's next? Who has a question? Do you have a question? Another question. Is anyone next? Have we? Uh, oh, there's a, ha there's a hand back there. Is, is oh, okay. That, is that a hand? Yeah. There's a hand oh, back oh, there. Oh, there's hands everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go to the back here and then over here. Embrace the far south. So, if you were going to make like a song that's about two minutes and thirty seconds long, how long would it make to compose the, the song? Oh, so how how long does it? take to compose music so in in this case like two and a half minutes but i know a lot of a lot of people work roughly by minute how long's a piece of string like i this is going to be you're going to hate my answer but um <laughs> it, it, there is no set pattern um some of my songs took four years from writing them to releasing them some songs took a couple of months to be ready to be recorded. Some songs I wrote and finished in a week. It, there, is, there is no real, I think, timeline to be able to answer that like, super accurately because I think it massively depends on, on you as the individual. Um, so I would say on that, be patient, stick at it. It could be, you could be one of those people that could bash something like that in a week or a day, right? I'm really not. As I said on Tuesday, I, I, I did 65 versions of Elijah before I released it. Um, and it was like, I, I took ages to do that. And I take ages to do a lot of my stuff. So, yeah, um, I feel like I've just copped out of an answer. <laughs> but, yeah. I that, agree with you. I think you're right. Yes. No. <laughs> I, the, the only... The only other thing alongside that I can think of is that sometimes you're in a situation where someone either says, when can you have it done by? Or you're in a position of, if you are charging someone for your writing, then you might have to work out how long you're going to take in advance and be like, this is how much it costs. Um, and in, those, in both of those scenarios, unfortunately, I think the answer is you make a guess based on experience and then you hold yourself to it and it might be that come the deadline you think this isn't, this isn't perfect but that's the deadline so you release it. Okay. Okay, so I was wondering, when you write a song, say for example I've just written a song, just finished it and I think it's good, who do you go to to check? Like, do you go to one of your friends? Do you go to someone who actually has knowledge? Or someone that's going to be biased, like a family member. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you've written a song, who do, you, who do you run it past to get feedback? Okay, so when I was at the church that I grew up in, I was the only songwriter to my knowledge there. So um, I would write songs for the congregation, um, so for worship context. So I would go to my pastor and his wife um, and... I also, yeah, they were probably like the main people to check it content-wise and people that also um, 
understood creativity, but like the balance of we're communicating and putting truths in people's mouths, um, and um, this is to help point people to Jesus. So it's like that balance. Um, so I went to them and also would have shown it to some older and wiser people within my church as well, but just a few, just a few. Um, and now I have... Um, there's some songwriters in my church that I know, so I take it to them, but they're older and wiser and more experienced than me. Um, and yeah, so I'd recommend going to older people, to, like older than you, that um, are wise, that you, that you trust, that you have built relationship with. Um, yeah. I think that's where being in community is so important. Yeah especially in the context of worship songs, because, um, as Jess said, definitely take it to leadership, eldership, to get the theolo theology of it checked. Also take it to people who you trust and people who are doing what you want to do better than you. Yeah. So people who are already excellent musicians or have already written songs that you really respect. Um, don't show it to someone who has no skill, no gifting, no grace in that area, because to be honest, what they'll share with you probably won't be that helpful. Always take it to your family when you need a pat on the back, um, but don't just rely on their opinion. <laughs> but yeah, be in community. I would probably um, just like, it might take some time, but find your people like, and just have a hand, a handful, like three, maybe, maybe four, like not too many, because it's art isn't like, there are so many different ways that you can take it. So spend time to find your people that will push you to do the best that you can do, um, but also that you have relationship with and can encourage you. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think, I think it boils down to if you're asking people um, what you want to do, or like with that song, it's, it's what do you want from those people? Uh, so our, our back home, I often take a lot of my songs to Andy, who's our worship pastor. And Andy's also, he's a really good friend of mine as well. And, and Andy always asks, or he, he asks quite frequently, is going, do you want me to just big you up? Or do you want me to be honest? And that might hurt. And so that's, that's your choice, right? Is... is you have, as, as the individual, you have the active choice of what do I want in this context. And I think I would stand by these two. I would recommend or I'd encourage you to choose the, I want the honesty. It might be really uncomfortable and it might hurt, but it might also be really rewarding because that's what gets the best for that song. I also do agree. I think there is, there is times where you do just need someone to go wow, that's so cool, well done. There, I think, don't come away with, I must have only honesty and never, never a tiny bit of support and encouragement. Like, there's a balance, and I think holding the tension is quite good. Yeah. And I think you're... Oh, sorry. I think you're, like, taking it to your parents or someone like that um, is not necessarily that they're going to tell you it's amazing even though it's rubbish. It's that they're only going to see the good bits. So they're not, when they say, oh, this is really good, they're not necessarily lying. They're, they're just, they're, they love you so much they're blind to, oh, this could be better. Um, the other thing with find your people is um, show it to people who understand what you're trying to do. Because yeah. I, I said earlier, I, I write weird music. Um, I have shown my music to multiple people who have turned around and said, 
I don't know if that is music. <laughs> and and when you get when you do that, it's like okay, well I know that any feedback you have isn't that important to me because you don't get what I'm doing in the first place. So so yeah, find your people. And make sure those people are people who are for you. So even when they have to say, actually, that bit's not so great, work on that, it won't feel like a harsh blow. It will feel like someone championing you and saying, do it this way, and it could be even better. So people who love you, know you, and are for your good. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think we've got time for one or two more questions. Hi. Oh. We'll, we'll try and get through as cool. many as we can. Hi, guys. Big fan. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. No way. Have I seen you before? <laughs> so um, my question is kind of coming off the back of you guys' answer. But um, how do you cultivate a songwriting culture in an area that you don't have people around you that are writing songs and you don't really have people that are kind of in the same kind of mind space of writing songs. So basically, if you're in a church where there's not that many songwriters and you might be the only one who's outwardly writing songs, how do you create a culture of songwriting and how do you encourage yourself even though you feel like you might be the only one in that moment to bounce off of? Thank you. Yeah, if there aren't many songwriters around, how do you build a songwriting culture? Um, Phil, you've, um, you've very much Tag, you're it. built built up a sort of community of, of songwriters around real life. How did you go about that? It's tricky to think back because actually we've got quite a lot of people writing around us at the moment, all in totally different ways, um, different styles, different songs. Um, I think if you know that's what you're gifted in and what you're called to, just start writing. Start putting it out there and take, like we said before, take it to people who, even if they're not necessarily musicians, they're people who can look at it so you're not doing it completely on your own. And start putting it out there. And what I find is once you start releasing some of your stuff, it attracts other people and it will naturally start to bring people in. There will always be some people around you that you probably don't know about yet who haven't yet come out of the woodwork. So start putting things out there and... Like we said, like attracts like. You will start to see people go, oh, I really like that. I can relate to her on that. And they'll make themselves known. And to be honest, if you haven't got songwriters around you and you want them, just really get on your knees and pray for them. And God will start to bring some around you. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I'm going to try and quick fire as a few of these and then let's do it. In terms of worship songwriting how do you manage the different seasons so I know I've been through seasons where I've been really frustrated and I can't write I've been through seasons where I've been really close to God and it's been a bit easier but how do you manage that within the context of people knowing that you're writing and sort of sharing that with them so sorry I forgot I had to repeat the question for the thank you <laughs> so how how do you manage the different seasons of songwriting and communicating that to people you're working with just be really vulnerable with them like find the, find the community that you're vulnerable with or you can be vulnerable with safely just be honest I, th I, th I know that might be a, a ridiculously brutal answer and people might disagree but if you're in a space where you're in a really close or you're finding it really easy to connect with Jesus it's fantastic, talk about it if you're in a space where it's really hurting and actually you put your hand up and, and saying Jesus I love you really hurts be honest about it and talk about it. I, I, I like. I feel, oh, sorry. I thought you were, you were going to go. Like, oh no. Um, that that would be my my two pants on it. Is is. 
I, you were going to go through all those seasons in life. And I think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you should not write se songs in seasons. I think the seasons do define songs. Just be honest about it. They're going to happen. If you can't write a song in a season because you're really struggling, that's cool. I go through phases, right? I go through phases. I'm, all, I'm a very seasonal, not emotionally, just genuinely. Just I go through patches of no songs, patches of ten songs in a week, and and that's my rhythm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be like. I just want to say it's very normal to go through seasons of like songs, and then. I just have nothing, and so I just want to say that's okay, and it doesn't discredit you in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, yeah, I'd repeat what Ed was saying. Just in your own time, even if it's not for anyone, I'd just encourage you to keep praising God, even when it's hard. Um, not as in, like, a this is a pressure. Like, just being real. And I find that some of... Like, a lot of my songs come out from me just processing and just splurting um, out when I'm sat at the piano. Um, spend time with God, um, worshipping just because you love him and just because he is worthy to be worshipped. And, um, yeah, but be encouraged that it's, it's very normal as well. Yeah. Um, I think there was a question here. Okay, we'll do here, and then last one, just over there. Um, roughly how long will it take to record a song? Roughly, how long will it take to record a song? Roughly, as long as the piece of string. Um, <laughs> it, it depends. So, like, sometimes I have friends where they'll go away for, like, two weeks, and they'll be like, the only thing we are doing for these two weeks or a week is recording a song. Um... Or I do something, I often put like a little bit of time, I, I write a schedule, I'll be like, I have deadlines, so I'll be like, by the end of this week, I have to have guitar done, by the end of this week, I have to have the drums done. And I do it that way. Um, it really depends on, on what your life situation's like, what your financial situation is like, um, what your time and availability is like, all those things. You can record something in very little time, but often the trade-off for that is it costs a lot more money. Whereas if you don't have a lot of money available can take a bit longer um yeah i, I it, yeah it, it's it's it depends very much on on you as an individual and i i, I don't want to give an answer a, a specific answer for the fear of like possibly creating disappointment or false hopes or something it, it takes as long as it takes sometimes um that's really vague i'm sorry Yeah. Okay, last question. Uh, the one who started it all. I <laughs> uh, forgot to mention, I'm also a producer. I produce a dubstep on GarageBand, so um, I just want to kind of get some tips on where to get better on that. Where, where can people develop their production skills as producers? Everyone's just I looking think, at me now. I think Ed is the only one here who produces his own Great. music. Um, where do I get better at production? I have friends who are producers. Um, so we have a fantastic uh, drum studio at our church. Um, and I 
I hound Mark. Like, I, I buy him coffee, or whenever I see him, I talk to him about stuff. And I just find people that are significantly further along the trail than I do, and I just love them and ask them questions, okay? So it's find people that you know that are doing this stuff and talk to them. Be open to suggestions and change. I used to be very like, this is how I do stuff, and other people, like, it's how I do it. Try stuff. Throw, throw a... Become the best spaghetti chef you'll ever be in your life. Like, make a massive vat of spaghetti and just grab handfuls and start chucking it at a wall. Don't literally, this is my metaphor. Um, just try stuff. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not. Um, YouTube is sometimes quite a good place of so just looking at how... But I often, go, I often go specific. Don't just go YouTube production. If I'm listening to a song and I go, I go oh, I like what this song's done, there's sometimes there's things... So in my A-level, I had to reproduce a song from scratch... And I Googled a lot of the time on how people made certain sounds, and that taught me the vocabulary, that taught me how to look at different plugins and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, I've come back to the massive loop we can come back to. It's community. Find people. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Jess is happy. We um, love community. Yeah. Find, peop- find people you know that do it. And if you don't know anyone, find people. And just, like, follow them, talk to them. Don't physically follow them. I mean, follow them on, on social media. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, we're going to end it there. If you did have more questions, please do come up, ask us, talk to us. We don't bite. We're really friendly people, we promise. Um, and then just to end, I'm just going to ask, Phil, will you, just, will you just pray for us all and, and end up the session like that? Father God, we thank you that you are a creative God. We thank you that you are the source of our inspiration, that you are the reason we are here, you are the reason we breathe, you are the reason we sing, we write, we play, we worship. And Lord Jesus, I pray now that you'll release a creativity and a freedom in this room on every single person sitting or standing here right now. Lord, I pray for those tiny little beginning nuggets of dreams and desires to use music to honor your name, that they will begin to grow. For those that are already doing things, Lord Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, you will fall on them and you will multiply the use of their creativity, their songwriting, and their worshipping to just further your kingdom. Father God, I pray every single person walks out of this venue today knowing who they are in you and ultimately knowing that we are here because of you and everything we do and everything we are is because you are the king of glory and all honor and all blessing and all power and all praise be due your name and your name alone. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.